I'm about 92% sure I have a cold. It's just creeping in. If I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective on my world. I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's great to have you. It is October 3rd. In The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to bring you a little bit of an article from Letters from the Devil, September 21st, 1969 edition. In the Infernal Informant, if cinema torpedoes Biden's agenda, will the iconoclast image hold in Arizona? In the Creature Feature, <laughs> this is totally mailing it in on this one. Because I was going to watch uh, The Many Saints of Newark last night, and that was going to be my creature feature because I already know I'm going to love it. But I didn't do it. I got sidetracked watching fucking Survivor of all things. <sighs> Survivor did me in. So instead, um, the maestro gave me a heads up about an app that I did a little bit of digging into. I'm going to talk about that instead. <laughs> I hope, hope you're okay with it, because that's all I got. I did watch something, but I'm holding on to it for a Satanist on cinema. Satanists on cinema. I'm waiting for Cameron to watch it, because it's so good, and I can't wait to talk about it. But i gotta, I got to sit on it for another week, so he can get a chance to watch it. Just wait. It's going to be good. All right. Enough teasing there. How you doing, Robert? Thanks for joining live, man. Good to see you. A month away from 44. Hell yeah. All right, well, hang in there. Don't let any crazy world-changing events happen. Uh, Tony, good to see you. What's happening? Jason, how you doing? Fareeth, what up? Jameson, how you doing? Uh, Gary, what is happening? Zachary, I know. I know. I like the tortured meat, too. The cancer-inducing agents inside of some meat actually is what gives it the good flavor but this episode is all about the the gluten and the free range can't win them all dog i hope you're having fun at work i hope you can catch this after the fact cameron hey don't watch this go watch the other thing because it's better and we got to talk about it it's so good it is and that's another one the maestro gave me a heads up on and uh <laughs> I'm so glad he did, because it fell right off my radar completely. All right, Anton, how you doing? Thanks for joining live. All right. Pursuit of Ecstasy. Great to see you. Squid Game sucked. Yeah, I kind of figured it would, based off name alone. <laughs> I mean, the one we're going to do a Satanist on Cinema one for, Cameron. The one that you told me to wait a couple weeks so that you could catch up and watch it, that I want to talk about today, but I'm not going to. That one. It's not really a movie. It's an, it's an event. You know, is that like a huge marketing, just bullshit thing? It, it's like a, a, a television event, a streaming series event, but really it's just a mini series. They want it to sound so much greater than it actually is. It's an event. Ooh, it's an event. 
No. It's just a it's just a miniseries. It's not even a series. It's a miniseries. It's like the family size candy bar of series. You know? You get your your lips wet, taste pretty damn good. You're smacking your lips, looking in the bag for more, and they're all gone because it was mini-sized. There's like five M&Ms in the package. That's what this was. It left me wanting so much more, but I can't talk about it yet. Can't talk about it yet. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Just in time, you is. All right. It's Halloween time. Happy Halloween time. It is officially October now, the 3rd of October to be more precise. That means you've had three days to get in as many horror films and decorate your homes, your, your personal lairs, if they're not always decorated as Halloween Town anyway. My wife and my daughter started doing it today. I helped my wife finish a little bit. But it just feels different, you know? You get a couple pictures up, you get some stuff hanging on walls and hung up on the front of your house, and it feels different. Good. Like, good different, you know? There's, like, normal every day. You don't really think about your surroundings because you've just, you know, sort of accumulated the artifacts in your home throughout your lifetime. But specific holidays, you sort of gussy up the house a little bit. And this is one of them. It starts October 1st, and it ends October, November <laughs> 15th-ish. Uh, you know, when, if, you, if you put up holiday items, that's when Halloween ends, officially is when you change your decorations. You know, just you know, what, what people do. What are you going to do? Uh, supposed to watch Mean Girls. That's a good one, dude. But that was not the one! <laughs> Damn it. Alright. Um, yeah, do you guys do anything? Do you put stuff up? Or are you just like living in a perpetual uh, Halloween town stasis? You know, just like a dunk tank of Halloween-y stuff. I feel like in order for me to genuinely appreciate it, I have to take it down and then put it back up. Because then I feel like it's a special ritual that we can engage in as a family. And it just sort of like, just like I said, it feels different. There's a different vibe. Of course, that vibe was, um, it wasn't ruined, but it certainly was colored by <laughs> that word, um, by, uh, it was colored by my need to transfer my wine, my Gewürztraminer and my Cabernet Sauvignon wine from my own grapes in the backyard, into their secondary. Which means you take it out of the primary fermenter and you siphon it over. But, because I was doing whole grape fermentation, that mean, meant I have like this massive like amount of skins and you sort of like grapes in their seeds and stuff. And so you have to pull out the apple press and you have to rinse everything off, make sure everything's all clean and sterilize the containers and everything. And then put all of the grapes and juice inside the press and then press it, right? So you're getting as much juice out of all of these grapes as humanly possible. And it's never as much as you want it to be. It's always just wildly disappointing. And I figured out today that I've been using my apple press wrong for like three years. Completely wrong. There's like a ratchet effect that exists that I never knew existed 
And this whole time I was like doing these wild swings and then like you have to stack up blocks and the blocks then press down on the fruit, grapes in this case, and you know, obviously get the, the juice out of the grapes. But this whole time I've been like trying to, to manage turning this huge ratchet sized lever, like a plumber sized ratchet, it's massive oversized, you know, sort of almost comical ratchet and like moving your head around trying to get it and then like the whole press is twisting as you're trying to twist it because there's so much tension built up and all i had to do was that it drove me nuts once i figured that out i just wanted to beat myself in the head about the head and shoulders for about 25 minutes because i could have saved myself so much time and headache just by one looking at the instructions and two actually just looking at the device and figuring it out by looking at it but Apparently, it's just a hat rack. <laughs> and I don't really wear hats. <laughs> totally waste. Ugh, bugs me. How you doing, Basilius? What's up, Silly Swastia? Thanks for joining live, man. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Bellin, what is happening? Um, all right. So anyway, if you guys make wine and you have a press, just remember it has a little ratchet effect on it. All right? It'll save you so much frustration and headache. And next year is going to be just butter. <laughs> going through this process it's not going to be such a headache for me because i figured it out <laughs> stupid stupid app um but that does mean that i am one step closer to having wine homemade wine again i also bought another kit so i could make that as well and that pumpkin ale i've been having it being forced carbonated for the past week one more week and it's ready to drink so cameron we're going to have to get together, maybe pull a little Joe in here and uh, have a little Joey on the side and drink some pumpkin ale. Celebrate the Halloween-y season. And any of you who live in Utah, you're welcome to come over too. Unless you're a fucking weirdo, then you're not welcome. Actually, if you're a weirdo, you're definitely welcome. If you're just a normal person, then you're not welcome. All right, a little bit odd is necessary. But so is getting on with the show. Let's do a little devil's advocate. Yeah, Richard. Where were you three years ago? <laughs> Read the instructions. I don't really need to throw up this image, but I'm going to throw up this image anyway, because eh, it's fun. Why not? All right. So the article that I'm talking about today is actually comes after uh, in the same day that it was released after a huge dump of this is what the Church of Satan and Satanism is. So it's the nine satanic statements. It's the 11 satanic rules of the earth. And it talks a little bit about magic. The week before was all about magic. And so this is coming hot on the heels of the big magic episode. But Mrs. H.N. writes from Charleston, South Carolina, asking uh, the doctor that uh, she appreciates everything in this article since it's been released. And she really identifies with this religion, but she doesn't feel like she could actually be a Satanist because, you know, her and her husband are older in age. They, you know, they're not really crazy about sex. They don't have like these weird wild sex orgy parties or anything. You know, they have, they have sex, but it's not like a big, huge 
erotic part of their lives. And they have grown kids and stuff. And, you know, they're just sort of in the twilight of the years, as it were. She's 64. Her husband's 68. And um, she's saying that she's not entirely sure she understands magic. And so as much as she would like to uh, be a part of a greater magic ritual, she's not sure she could actually really help in any way. Because, she, again, she just doesn't really understand it that much. Um, and she doesn't really know if she should or could be a real Satanist. So this is her not being able to envision herself as the Satanist that at that point in time, the Church of Satan was promoting. Because you got to remember at this time, this is when the Church of Satan is really new. I mean, it's like three years old or just under three years old at this point. So you have tons of men's articles coming out there with tons of bombastic photographs of ritual and nude women. And, you know, just I think maybe even had one of the documentaries dropped by then. But there's just tons of information about this brand new crazy religion called Satanism with this incredibly interesting looking, well-spoken man who founded the religion right out there in the press all the time, writing this article, talking to you one-on-one -on -one back and forth through the article, she just doesn't feel like she, you know, could stand up next to those other Satanists in all of those images or, or video footage. And for me, I'm going to give you um, a hair doctor's uh, response here in just a second, but for me watching this, uh, well, <laughs> reading it, <laughs> it really made me stop and think, which is why I chose this particular article, from the outside looking in, what what does a Satanist look like? How does a Satanist act? Do you, do you know you're a Satanist simply by looking at other people and being like, I'm kind of like that? Because if you're just judging the religion based on what you've seen, and let's be honest, most people do initially, then you're getting a completely skewed perspective about what the religion actually is. You know, all you would think it is is just sexy rituals <laughs> which as a kid i did and i really liked it <laughs> you know i mean it was you, you got the, the secret life of a satanist and as as great as the text was you had those great images too reinforcing it those black and whites that just drew you in these beautiful women and that super badass looking high priest of ours right and so like reflecting back on that trying to put myself in this woman's place you know she's 20 years older than I am right now, looking at all of this, going, you know, I really like the religion, but I don't, that's not my lifestyle. So is Satanism a lifestyle? Is Satanism a religion that you can connect with if you don't live that lifestyle? I had this same sort of crash course in the religion when I traveled out to the Black House for the first time. And I'd, I'd already been in the military. I'd, I'd been to the East Coast. I've been to the South. I'd, I'd lived in Germany for years. You know, I, I understood what the East Coast was and the difference in cultures and stuff. But there was something dramatically different about the Satanists that I engaged with that night and my perception of Satanists that I had already been talking with and engaging with through the podcast for a couple years at that point. So... It immediately made me think, if every Satanist I meet is just handing me a fucking business card, is this just a pyramid scheme? I'd been identifying as a Satanist at this point for decades, plural. I'd been a member for over a decade at this point. 
but getting to the point where you're pressing flesh and people are flipping out business cards, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is this? What's going on? Why is this happening? Like, why isn't it just like a handshake and, you know, good to meet you or, you know, what do you do for a living or, you know, like, like stuff like that. But it's like a front. It wasn't like a personal experience. And so I started thinking, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be a member of this organization because it's clearly not about anything but trying to pass off business. Like that was weird to me. And then I realized that that was just a tiny little moment in time and it had nothing to do with the actual religion or organization or anything, of course. It was just individuals that I was, you know, shaking hands with. And so, you know, I, I got over it and I just sort of moved on about my day. And it was the first time that I really realized that this really is an individualist religion. And every individual sees it very differently than others, you know? And, and it, it seems like, yeah, of course, like an, an obvious thing. But until you experience it, you don't really get that full effect. And after even having done the podcast for years and engaging in Satanists through that for years, I still didn't get that impact of that first meeting. And so it, it really sort of bothered me. Um, it really put me back on my heels. And so I can understand why a mature older woman in the twilight of her years, reflecting on the religious side of it, completely identifying with it and then suddenly seeing all of these bombastic sexually striking images and going maybe 30 years ago but not now you know like she's just not connecting with that aspect of it but that aspect was all performance art in order to get it out to the masses so that the media would eat it up and even the doctor said that was the first phase we've moved past that i'm not doing that anymore that's not what we want this religion to be they stopped grottos because of that. But how do you know? And so his response to her is saying that, look, as long as you're fulfilled with your sex life, that's all you need. You don't need to engage in rituals or uh, parties or orgies or anything or, you know, have this wild, crazy sex life. If you're fine fucking missionary, you're, you know, for the past 25 years, if that's what you are satisfied with, that's all that matters. It's not about what others see you doing or how you're presenting yourself to the public. It's about how you feel inside. That's the bottom line, because again, Satanism is individualism. Um, and then he says uh, that she is actually, don't worry about the age thing, you're younger than most other Satanists that he, you know, engages with through the magic circle beforehand or the Church of Satan as it stood as in the early days. Which, when we reflect back on the photographs and, and the, the footage, yeah, bunch of old people. <laughs> really old people. Near death old people. <laughs> That's why the, the satanic funeral from the Air Force uh, retiree was weird because it was a funeral, because he was an old ass dude who just found Satanism at the end of his life because it just existed then, you know? Uh, it's, it's interesting. And so he's like, look, don't worry about the age thing. That has nothing to do with it. Don't worry about the sex thing. If you're happy with your life, that's what's important. If you connect with this religion, that's the only thing that matters. And he's saying that based on the quality of life that she is uh, expressing, she has with her husband and their children, grown children at this point, um, 
she's clearly a powerful magician. Like she, she has successfully, you know, lived through life and exercised magic in order to be in this position of contentment and happiness and not struggling at this point in her life. Because let's be honest, not everyone is. Some people are struggling in their, you know, later years. They, they have to get side hustles or they have to get second jobs in order to pay their mortgage or just, you know, pay rent or, or, or be able to eat because everything just exponentially increases in cost. We just went to the grocery store today. And it wasn't today, it was yesterday. And it was like a $300 bill and it wasn't even a full cart. We were like, what the, how the heck? My, when I was a kid, my mom would get multiple cartloads of groceries and it wouldn't break a hundred bucks. And now I'm not even filling a grocery cart and it's 300. Like shit's getting crazy out there. <laughs> like crazy expensive. And so you could just understand, you know, if you are not worrying about money, if you're not worrying about uh, working, in, you know, if, if you're just really literally retired, well, then you've successfully planned for your life and you've practiced lesser magic, whether you knew that's what you were doing or not. And you're a successful witcher warlock. That's how it works. So he's like, look, you sound like the ideal candidate in membership in the Church of Satan. Because you've done it right. You've lived. You've done it. Congratulations. And I just thought that was such a beautiful idea that rather than focusing on the stress and the struggle, regardless of where you are in your life, you may have been a Satanist your entire life, never having known it until you read the Satanic Bible, and then you connect with it. And then you realize who and what you are, and you realize the actions that you've been taking that just seemed like common knowledge to you are clearly not common. And you've been using magic your whole life without ever even knowing it. And now that you have a name for it, now you have an extra little you know, side techniques to help develop those skills through uh, the Stanic Witch. Now you can really take charge and do whatever you want or not, or just relax and have missionary sex to your contentment if that's what you're into. But that old lady, is as much of a Satanist, as powerful as a satanic magician as anyone out there watching this. And just let that sink in there for a second. It doesn't matter what other people do. It matters what you do. It matters about how you take control. You don't have to live up to some other expectation. And as much as we say that as Satanists, we still see other Satanists throwing out their, their, their celebrations and their uh, successes and their, their goals achieved. And it's human to kind of go like, mm, I'm just not there yet. I kind of, I wish I was there. But don't worry about it. As long as you're working, you'll get there. And even if you don't, you're working towards something. And not everyone's doing that. I just love the idea that we have this image in our head of what it means to be a Satanist. What a Satanist looks like. And that's totally relative. It's totally just, it depends on who's thinking it. You know, some people genuinely think goth or metalhead. Some people think it's an athlete. Some people think a Satanist looks like a business man or woman. <laughs> but no, it's you. Just look in the mirror. That's it. It's, it's this brilliant unlocking of hidden knowledge that 
no one else understands unless they study this religion. But it's true. And that's why it's so difficult and so rare in real life to run across a Satanist. Because most of them, the vast majority of us, do not announce it to the world. We don't wear our sigil of Baphomet out of our clothes or bandanas and earrings and whatever, you know? Most of us just kind of dress the way we want to dress, whatever's comfortable, and live our lives. And they may be an incredibly powerful Satanist, and you would never know. I love it. I think it's just brilliant. Ah, true power does not project itself to the world. True power is just embodying who you are. And it's not easy, and not everyone can do it, but it's fucking empowering to do it. It feels good. Mm. All right. What do you guys have to say? You found a few months ago uh, by accident and you realized exactly what you were looking for all these years. You read the Bible and had been listening like a sponge. Um, Satanic Bible? <laughs> I hoped him. <laughs> it's going to be like some revelation. Like, no, I'm born again. I'm bringing you all with me. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get an email from someone who um, just runs across the YouTube channel. And they send me this long email and it starts with, I, I hope you're doing well. God bless you. Uh, Jesus loves you. And I never get past the subject line because I don't want to read that bullshit. But they took so much time and effort to write this huge long email that I just delete. <laughs> so funny. Uh, all right. You've been feeling overwhelmed lately. Yeah, no, that's, that's life, man. It's rough. Let's see, as an asexual person, you had moments of questioning when first gaining interest in Satanism. Quickly realized that there's more to it, though. Yeah, you're not the only asexual Satanist, dude. Or lady. Or yo. They there. I don't fucking know. Um, you're not the only one. It's, it's a normal thing. <laughs> not my thing, but it's a normal thing. Uh, magic is one of the best aspects of Satanism, all right. Yeah. Magicians, a magician, whether they wear a cape or not, but most aren't. It's true. Uh, it's Jim Carrey and Yes Man. I don't remember that film. It's how you use the tools of Satanism, not the shoes you wear. That's true. Um, unless they're wingtips, then it's Satanism. <laughs> that's me. Uh, you know what I always wanted the, that I never got? I always wanted those uh, Back to the Future high tops, like the self-lacing ones. And like, as a kid, like that was like the shit. That's what I wanted. High tops are the thing when I was a kid anyway, but that's what I really wanted. And then as a grown man, I saw that they finally released like a prototype version, you know, just for kicks. And they look like shit. <laughs> just, they look so fucking lame. Fashion, man. It's seasonal. It actually took your parents being dead for you to embrace Satanism. You only wish that it didn't have to be that way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what is, what is your... I don't want to be callous, but what does your parents have to do with you being a Satanist, I guess? You know, whether you discovered it before they were dead or not, you know, it shouldn't have any bearing on whether or not you identify, right? Jesus does love you, man. <laughs> Thanks, Anton. <laughs> you brought that home nicely. All right. All right, anyway, 
you guys should buy Letters from the Devil. It's a great collection. Like, and it's just t- filled with great information. Wild, weird stuff. Reiteration of normal stuff. Normal stuff for us, Satanists. But it's all good. And the, the, the ads that are still included next to it and the sort of... Uh, um, uh, uh, what the promo pieces and stuff they're great they're just great it's a great collection uh, underworld amusements check it out okay let's do a little infernal informant i am getting a cold i can feel it in my sinuses and it sucks shit maybe it's the vid maybe i got the vid the covid on the breakthrough case i knew i shouldn't have licked those goddamn shopping carts it just looks so tasty How dare you, Viller? How dare you? Just trolling us. I'm not going to pick it up. I'm not going to bite. Even though I want to bite, I'm not going to. All right. Um, if cinema torpedoes Biden's agenda, will iconoclast image hold in Arizona? Ooh. Ooh. Hold on. The mailers on behalf of Senator Kristen Cinema, Democrat, really, from Arizona, she's not a fucking Democrat, uh, being sent out to homes across Arizona, paint a, she's as much of a Democrat as Senator Manchin is, which means not. <laughs> um, sent out to homes across Arizona, paint a picture of a renegade politician who delivers results. That's what the mailer says. That's not reality. Independent leader, straight talk. Bipartisan, just like John McCain. Ask her to keep fighting. Kristen Cinema reached across the aisle to pass the Infrastructure and Jobs Act, says one mailer obtained by NBC News, adding that because of Cinema's leadership, quote, Arizona will receive $110 billion to boost roads and bridges, enhanced broadband access, and more. The mailer provides a glimpse into the iconoclastic political identity that Cinema is creating at home in Arizona when she sits at the center of an intra-party clash on Capitol Hill over President Joe Biden's agenda. They also reveal how invested the enigmatic Arizonan is in the bipartisan infrastructure bill she co-wrote to bolster that identity. Here's the deal, though. If you're going against your own party, how much of that party can you actually be a part of? Like, really? They say, and this is what drives everyone crazy. They say the Democrats control the House and the Senate, except that they only have 50, and two of those supposed Democrats side with the Republicans nine times out of nine. That's right, there is no tenth. They side with Republicans, not Democrats. So how can you exactly be a Democrat when you don't see eye to eye and you don't actually vote on their behalf? What you did was felt the pulse of your hometown, got voted into office, and then just do what your donors want, not the individual small dollar donors, but your corporate donors, and that means that you have a career after the Senate. And in Cinema's particular case, she doesn't care whether she has a second term or not. She's already got the money. She has her career afterward already lined up. So she's gonna fuck the Democrats, fuck the nation, Fuck her constituents. And all she had to do was lie about being a Democrat. And Democrats are so fucking stupid, they believed it. 
Democrats are fucking dumb. Cinema has given no such assurance and in, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. But the mailers boast about the $110 billion that may never get to Arizona because that bill hasn't yet become law and its passage is not inevitable. It has passed the Senate, but is being held up by the House Democrats until Cinema, along with Senator Joe Manchin, supposed Democrat from West Virginia, commits to voting for a robust safety net package that contains Biden's domestic priorities. Cinema has given no such assurance, and in recent days and weeks, frustration among Democrats towards her has grown. Cinema issued a scathing statement Saturday attacking the House's decision to delay a vote on her infrastructure bill, calling it an ineffective stunt to gain leverage over a separate proposal by some lawmakers. The same thing that she did when they tried to pass her bill as part of Biden's agenda. Faze Shakir, an advisor to Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, independent from Vermont, said Cinema's anger validates the strategy to hold up the infrastructure bill until centrists like her negotiate a deal on the majority social policy bill, a major social policy bill. And this is what we really have to look at here. This bill that the president is trying to get past the Senate, it's not giving tax breaks to billionaires and corporations. It's not to fund endless wars. It's to actually benefit regular fucking people. And that's why they don't want to pass it. That's why all of those centrist Democrats, all of those centrist and far-right Republicans don't want it passed because it doesn't benefit them at all. It doesn't benefit their donors at all. In fact, it raises taxes on those billionaires and it raises taxes on those corporations. And when you say the word raise, it raises a little hair on your neck. You're like, I don't want to pay anymore. You're not a billionaire. So you won't be paying anymore. But here's the truth behind it. Those billionaires and those corporations pay less in taxes than you do. Less than you. So when we say raise, we're actually talking just to get them to pay the same percentage that you pay. That's it. Because that's what the Republicans have done. They've chipped away so hard and they provided so many loopholes to these corporations and billionaires that they're paying less in taxes than you are. And that is criminal. Now, the other side of this is, well, we don't, how are we going to pay for all of these, you know, big budget social programs? How are we going to pay for these $3 billion? Well, how did you pay for all of those endless wars? How did you pay for all of those corporate tax holes? For all of those reductions in taxes for your billionaire and corporation friends? How did we pay for that? And here's the secret. We didn't. We never have paid for it, and we're suffering because of it. So all of those social programs that are actually going to benefit the human beings that are not billionaires, that do not have massive stakes in corporations, every human being out there, they're going to benefit from this because it's going to be paid by having those other people pay what they're supposed to be paying in the first place. And it's not even as bad as it should be, as it was decades ago under Reagan, the supposed greatest Republican ever. If Reagan tried to have his tax rates passed today, it would be called communism and socialism. And that was Reagan. 
Uh, Representative Ruben Gallego, a fellow Arizona Democrat, said his colleague could be more forthcoming. When you're negotiating between essentially five parties at this point, opaqueness does not help, Gallego told NBC News. And I hope that we can get a, into a, uh, that we can get to a place where we can all work together, trust each other, and pass a bill that really benefits the country. Cinema's office has declined to comment on what price tag or policies she supports, saying she won't negotiate through the press. A spokesman added that she has held myriad meetings with Biden and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to convey her views. Sinema's reticence on the multi-trillion dollar bill led to a stalemate this week over House Democrats' hopes of passing her infrastructure bill. Speaker Nancy Pelosi sought to put it to a vote on Thursday, which House centrists had demanded, but progressives torpedoed it by threatening to vote it down. Now both bills are delayed while negotiations on a deal proceed. Here's something that I cannot cheer about enough. Finally! Someone in the Democratic Party is fighting back. Finally, they cave over every threat that the Republicans ever make. Every threat. They threaten to veto something. They threaten to filibuster, filibuster and Democrats just cave. Like, oh, well, we can't have that. We don't want to be seen as, as I don't know, responsible congressmen and women. No way. We got to kowtow to whatever the Republican Party wants. And that's what they do. And then what does the Republican Party do? They share how ineffective the Democrats are because they are, because they cater to whatever the Republicans want. The Republicans set the narrative. The Democrats follow the narrative. The Democrats get fucked. Then Republicans come back in office. We go back into massive debt. Then everyone gets pissed off at the Republicans. Democrats get back in office and Democrats can't do shit because they're cowtowing to Republicans. You have to fight back. You have to have a spine. Finally, the progressives in the Democratic Party are showing that you can have as much power as every worthless, fucking villainous Republican out there. And all you got to do is stand on your own two feet and say, no, this does not work for the people. We will not vote for it. I'm not going to bend to your threats. And it works. Just like the Republicans have been doing for decades. Just stand up and have some fucking balls. It works. And I'm so glad that these progressives are in the Democratic Party and flexing for once. Now, will they cave? If history is a guide, you know they will. And who suffers? All of us. Because we don't have that support that we actually voted into office. Because they're too pathetic. They're too stupid. They're too weak. Manchin publicly revealed his counteroffer for the first time on Thursday, $1.5 trillion in spending, guardrails on social programs, and higher taxes on the wealthy. Cinema, by contrast, has stayed mum about her demands, but her office said Thursday afternoon in a tweet that she continues to engage directly in good faith discussions with party leaders to find common ground. That $1.5 trillion in spending countermeasure, that's the second counteroffer. It was originally like five trillion or six trillion, and they dropped it down to three trillion because of Mansion. And now he's saying, um, mm, uh, actually, that's still too high for me, so I, I want to go a little bit lower. And what that lower price tag means: lower tax cuts or tax uh, hikes, if they're included at all, fewer support for us, fewer infrastructure support for our country, and ultimately, no real help. 
for people that desperately need it after a pandemic that's still raging. President Biden and his team, along with Senator Schumer and his team, are fully aware of Senator Sinema's priority, concerns, and ideas, her office said. First elected in the Senate in 2018, Sinema doesn't face re-election until 2024, but some Democrats will, with deep pockets are already plotting to replace her in the party primary if she doesn't change course and get behind Biden's agenda. Gallego has been floated as one prospect. And here's the thing. She doesn't care. You know why she doesn't care? Because she's not doing this to support her constituents. She's not doing this to benefit Arizona or America. She's getting hers. And she's, you have to hand it to her. She's done it in the short time that she's been in there. She successfully turned her entire state around from thinking they were supporting a true Green Party independent Democrat into realizing that they actually just propped up a fucking right-wing Republican who is selling them out. And they're so fucking stupid, they may actually vote her in again. But even if they don't, if they kick her ass out of office, it won't matter because she's already got the side gigs lined up. She's already making the fucking money. At a private Democratic caucus meeting Friday, Re uh, Representative Tom O'Halloran, a Democrat from Arizona, gave a rousting speech about getting things done and spoke of how helpful Biden's agenda would be for his state. It prompted House Democrat Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat from New York, to quip that he should seek higher office. Quote, I'm tempted to commit uh, to comment on a possible Senate candidacy, Jeffries said, according to two sources in the room. The remark, widely perceived as a dig against cinema, drew applause, the sources said. Democrats have grown nervous by reports that the New York Times and Politico and Cinema have privately said she won't support increase in individual or corporate tax rates. You know why she's not going to increase those individual and corporate tax rates? Because her donors don't want her to. Because they benefit from them being so low or non-existent in some cases. Why would they want her, the people who are funding her, to raise rates on them? She's not a fucking individual. She's a puppet. They have their corporate hand up her ass and they're talking for her. In some cases, they literally print bills and the Republicans are not, well, yeah, Republicans, but the representatives are so fucking stupid. They actually don't change the header of the corporate office that sent it. So they're submitting ExxonMobil bills to the floor. That's how stupid our representatives are. Uh, she said that she's opposed to parties' plan to lower prescription drug costs by letting Medicare negotiate prices. We're the only country that doesn't allow negotiating prescription drug prices. The only country. How insane is that? The same corporations that are manufacturing and selling the same drugs to Canada, to UK, to Germany, and to us, they all get to negotiate prices down. We don't. Why? They benefit from our infrastructure. Our tax money funds their research. And then we still have to pay the premium that they can raise at whim whenever they want. Why don't we negotiate prices? It doesn't make any sense. Because people like cinema make sure it doesn't. That opposition has long been encouraged by the pharmaceutical industry one of her donors. Cinema's office wouldn't comment on the reports when asked by NBC News. 
Biden told House Democrats behind closed doors Friday that he has spent tens of hours speaking with cinema, according to Representative Annie Cooster, Democrat from New Hampshire, who is in the room. The pro-cinema mailers are addressed from New Jersey and sent by the centrist group Center Forward, which has ties to the Blue Dog Coalition, a group of moderate House Democrats that Cinema was part of during her tenure in the chamber. This is so transparent that it's insulting. Arizonans actually have propaganda being sent to them by New Jersey telling them how great their representative is because she's doing such a bad job optically it's so horrible in the news that they have to provide propaganda to convince them that their representative is doing something positive they have to actively propagandize her own constituents that's insane cinema allies say her critics shouldn't be surprised, given her track record in the House, when she voted against Nancy Pelosi to lead the Democratic caucus and showed a tendency to break with her party. Arizona, once dominated by Republicans, is an increasingly competitive state that voted to elect a Democrat president and two Democratic senators in the last three years. Some party organizers in Arizona fear that if cinema shrinks or sinks the reconciliation package, it could demoralize the party base and hurt her colleague, Senator Mark Kelly, Democrat from Arizona, in his 2022 re-election bid. I suspect that's her plan all along. Quote, I don't have any sense of what the hell she's doing, said one Democratic operative based in Arizona who supported her 2018 campaign and asked to remain anonymous for fear of retribution. She's pissing off all the activists, the operative, uh, operative said. If this fails, there's going to be anger like I've never seen before. And it doesn't matter because she's already got her side hustle. She's already making money. It doesn't matter. And that's why it drives me crazy when progressives are put up for election and people vote them down because they're not centrist. That doesn't make any sense. Centrist means that when you ultimately work with the other side, you're right. You don't start from centrist and end in centrist. You start centrist and you end on the right. If you really want centrist policy... You have to start from the left. You have to go extreme left. You have to go progressive left. And then you end up in the center because you compromise. You don't start from a center, a, a position of zero power in the center and expect anything to be done. Because ultimately you will always, as has been proven in this worthless ass government for decades, that if you start from the middle, you end in the right. And what is the right? It's only billionaires and it's only corporates and it's only fucking team fist pumping and that's it. It means that you are fucked. It means that I am fucked. It means that we have to do every bit of the working and the sweating and the carrying of this country. Meanwhile, all the other people out there are making money off of it. We are getting fucked. They are the ones fucking us and we're not doing anything about it because we want to be fair and we want to be centrist. Fuck that! Progressives or you're fucking yourself. That's the only option you have, full stop. It's not a opinion. It's history. We're finally seeing movement. We're finally, after decades of being promised and getting lied to, finally starting 
to have a little bit of taste of power. I'm afraid they're going to drop it. They're going to drop the ball because they're a bunch of idiots. Fucking Democrats are stupid. They're weak and they're pathetic. Progressives are the only real option because even if you don't agree with their policies, you're not going to end up with their policies. You're going to end up with the compromise that's right where you want to be in the first place. It doesn't take a brilliant person to figure it out. Just look at history. Look at what's happened. Look at what's happening. All right. No, dude, now I got to wear my glasses to see what you guys are saying. See my throat. I am getting sick. This sucks. Ugh. All right. Uh, what was the Dante Alighieri said that frauds like Christmas? <laughs> I don't know about Dante Alighieri. Um, yeah, I don't know what circle she's in, but she's going to be in a circle if there's circles to go in. Middle-class taxpayers earn 50000 to 75000 will have an effective average tax rate of negative 1.9%, while those earning between 75000 to 100000 will face a tax rate of 1.8%, the JCT found. The temporary embarrassed millionaires will side with the corporatists, and corporatists will laugh. Yeah. It's also pathetic and mentally taxing. You're right, it is. According to the latest data, the top 1% of the earners in America pay 40.1% of federal taxes. The bottom 90 pay 28.6. It's interesting. Um, the woman looks super stoked about life. She should be. She should be, because she's living it. It's actually good, though, um, that they're so dumb, we'd be so fucked otherwise. Yeah, I don't think so. I really don't. Taxes make no sense. If the government owns the money and hands it out to the citizens for use, then why? Well, we, we have to keep in mind that taxes pay for roads and programs like retirement, Medicare, Medicaid. You know, there's a lot of benefits of taxes that we all use on the regular, whether you are aware of being using them or not. You know, it's true. That's why it's called the infrastructure bill. It's meant to build our ridges and broads, uh, roads, roads and bridges and repair them, the railways, all the transportation systems. Everyone gets a little piece of all those taxes. So it's actually important. Now, the founding fathers did not intend for the federal government to have that power. That was supposed to be the state originally. Um, but once you give power to someone, they don't give it up. And that's what's happened with the federal government. Uh, okay. Anyway, that's all I have for this. Um, I don't expect everyone to agree or anyone to agree with me, to be honest, but this is the way, this is what I'm seeing and I can't unsee it because it's right in front of our faces happening live right now. Like we are actively getting screwed. Um, and it's infuriating. <laughs> it's absolutely infuriating. All right, let's do a little, uh, creature feature, close this out because my throat hurts. Okay, let me take this image down. Now, there are a number of streaming apps out there. 
that people love and they have tons of really great films on them and new content being released all the time. But what if you just wanted to access some of those great oldies, those films that streaming services don't really even bother trying to get because they're so busy building up new content? What if you just appreciate those older films, regardless of the genre? Well, where can you go? There's actually a lot of places you can go. Now, you all know that I'm a fanatic for Shudder, and for good reason, because it's amazing. It has tons of horror films from the beginning of horror to brand new releases of this year. Uh, it's an amazing streaming service, and it's like seven bucks a month. It's just incredibly cheap, and you get tons out of it. I'm currently loving the Creep Show series, uh, new season. That being said, there's also this classics. This is free for anyone to use. It's ad supported, which is why it's free. And it has tons of amazing, really old, really great films. Now, some of them are cult films. Some of them are horror films. Um, some of them are just series that are just old series. I mean, like, uh, they have Reefer Madness on here, for fuck's sake. They have old Superman and Casper the Friendly Gross and the Lucy Show. And they have, like, all these old, really great films. They're, they have tons of stuff that is free, but there's also, if you want to pay literally $2 once and that's it, they unlock every film that they have in their library for you, no matter what. It's amazing. It is a time capsule. This is my, right here. I am such a huge Hitchcock fan. He's just the best. His oh guys, so it's so good. Anyway, classics. It has a, a an app for all your mobile devices, or you can just watch it on the web. It is a great up there with Shutter, a great streaming app for all of you who have just that that taste for quality quality entertainment. But as I said at the beginning, the Maestro pointed out this new one called Kino Cult. It literally just dropped on the first two days ago. So it's brand new. It is ad-supported, and it is much more ad-supported than uh, Classics was. I, I can't remember if Classics is even ad-supported. I think it might just be free. But um, this, because it's so new, it only has a couple commercials running, and it, you just see the same commercials over and over again. So it's only two days old, so you got to give it a little bit of time to stretch its legs and, and learn the problems. But it is, so far pretty damn amazing not only does it have newer films but it's got some really great really old classics and again this whole kino cult streaming app is about cult classics it's about those films that had massive followings but no real big box office footprints because they're art films or they're social commentary or they're just wild nonsense that only fits certain tastes it is great on here. Nude Vampire. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just Mario Brava. Come on. It, he's, he's amazing. He's got all of his films. Um, Art Exploitation, which is a lot of fun. Of course, I personally have placed close to my heart for the occult. Um, I love these films. This. Oh, wow. This one. The beginning here. Vampires. Ooh, mama. Um, but yeah, it's just broken up by category and they release new films every single month and again it's free it's ad supportive you can watch all of these streaming services on your any device literally any device whether it's your phone your computer your laptop your uh, your tablet or uh, your tv and 
It's the content that you will not find on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. It's the stuff that people have pretty much just given up on. But for those of us who really love stylistic films or series, they've all got it for us. It's awesome. So I highly recommend it. Again, I was not aware of this until the maestro pointed it out to me. So thank you very much, sir. I genuinely appreciate it because I love this stuff. It's just, ugh, blood of Jesus. I wonder who that guy is. Yeah, Reefer Madness. Come on. <laughs> who doesn't love Reefer Madness? <laughs> that's ridiculously good. All right, and that's all I had. I just wanted to showcase those um, because if we're being honest, you may, I didn't know about it, so you may not have known about it either. And the fact is, is there's so much really great content out there that we're always trying to get those, you know, rare editions of Blu-ray releases, uh, some companies, you know, in the same way that uh, Underworld Amusements does a really great job of bringing back really old volumes of um, writings or poems or novels or whatever. That's what these are doing for these really great cult films. They're bringing back information that connected with a part of us at a time in our lives that may have been influential or may have just been something that we just wanted to look back on and, and fondly remember. Uh, it's a lot of great content. And I'm not suggesting anyone spends their life watching this stuff, but it's a lot easier than trying to find some distributor to release a Blu-ray of it. And it's digital, it's immediate, and it's free. So why not? Anyway, I'm not getting anything from it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, Cameron, it's awesome. But then to be fair, Shudder has tons of that anyway, the Bava stuff. All right, that's all I have. Thank you, guys. <laughs> did you did you like it? Did you not like it? It doesn't matter because it's over. So <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. You can use uh, past episodes of this series of Nine Cents or any of my other satanic series on my website, ReverendCampbell.com. If you want to support this YouTube channel, subscribe to it, first and foremost. Um, click the like button to the videos and comment. Share your thoughts. Share it with other people. You will not agree with everyone and everyone will not agree with you, but this is a place where that's okay. <laughs> No one minds it here. We actually encourage original thought here. Think about that for a second. We don't want you to be a lemming. We want you to be you. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Should be good enough. Um, if you want to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, check out the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Scriptures. Read them. They're great. Uh, of course, you can always visit churchofsatan.com. And there's tons of tons of great satanic content there check it out really great old articles too if you want to read some old uh, interviews of uh, the doctor uh, Anton LaVey really really great stuff up there so check it out it's never a dull moment have a fantastic week and until next week hail Satan <laughs>